Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sunny Dollar. Yeah? What? Who's that? Smokey. Smokey? Smokey Sullivan? Yeah. Holy... Do you always call people at 5.30 in the morning? Oh, hiya, Smokey. How are things down in New York? I'm living out here in Frisco now. Oh? You know about the big fire out here? Now, Smokey, don't tell me you've been up to your old tricks. You know I wouldn't do nothing like that, Johnny, after the good way you've been treating me. Well, I hope not. Well, what about this fire? Big warehouse. They're in San Francisco. The Barnwell Warehouse. It's still burning, Johnny. Arson? Yeah. I know who did it. There must be insurance in a big warehouse. Yeah. So as soon as I can check it out, I'll... Look, where will I find you? Where you stay, Johnny? Uh, let's see. At the Huntington Hotel up on Knob Hill. Me? In a nice place like that? Oh, unless I know where to call you. It's okay, Johnny. I'll call you. And you're sure it's arson? I'm sure. And I'll see you. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Greater Southwest Insurance Company, San Francisco office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Frisco fire matter. First of all, I had to make sure my expenses to the West Coast wouldn't have to come out of my own pocket. So expense account item one ten cents for a call that got Pat McCracken of Universal Adjustment Bureau out of his bed. I asked him to dig up some facts and figures for me in a hurry. Within 20 minutes, he called me back. Johnny Dollar. Well, Johnny, I've been on the phone to San Francisco ever since you called me. You were right. About the big fire. Yeah. How did you find out about it? Well, never mind that, Pat. Just keep talking. Uh, well, it's a warehouse. It's owned and operated by Mr. Peter H. Barnwell. And he has an office at 1427 Camac Street. 1427 Camac. Got it. And the insurance. 340000 Wow. Carried by Greater Southwest Insurance Company. Pat, if I hurry, I can just make plane connections. No, wait a minute, Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Pat. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Item 2, 201-88, plane fare, Hartford to New York to San Francisco. And believe me, those jet flights on American get you there in a hurry. I left New York at 8 a.m. and pulled into San Francisco before noon. Pacific time, of course. Item 3, a dime for a newspaper at the airport. Apparently, the fire had burned itself out. Item 4, 675, taxi to Peter H. Barnwell's office on Camac Street. The reception room was jammed. No. No, there's no point in sending anybody over here because he won't see them. Now. Listen, chick, I'll get you tickets for any show in town if you... No. I tell you, he won't see any of you. Not even me? No. 
Now, why don't you reporters just go back to your papers and wait until Mr. Barnwell's ready to talk to you? My card, miss. It's no use, mister. Will you read it, please? But he doesn't want to see any reporters, right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Dollar. Now, how do you rate that, buddy? What paper are you from? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Bingville Bugle. Huh? Yeah, that's out near Bum Spung, Oklahoma. Oh, now, look, wise guy. Look. Mr. Dollar. Mr. Dollar. Dollar. Will you come in, please, Mr. Dollar? Sure. Thanks. Now, wait a minute. You, Johnny Dollar, the insurance is right in here, sir. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Make yourself at home. Well, I must say you weren't at all upset about the loss of your warehouse. Should I be? Sit down. Sure. Mr. Dollar, that building's been a losing proposition for years. Because of its bad location, because of zoning restrictions, and the cost of tearing it down. <laughs> I've done nothing but lose money on it. Oh. But I've been very careful to keep up the insurance. So, now that it's gone up in flames, I shall at long last collect on it. $340,000. That's right. And with whatever I can get from some other misguided investor for the land itself, I'll be sitting pretty. I see. Now, don't get any funny ideas, Mr. Investigator. The police have found nothing whatsoever to suggest arson. Nor will they. You sound pretty sure of that. I'm sure of it. Even if it were a job that you didn't have done? I'm sure of it. You know something, Mr. Barnwell? I'm not. So if you can be of any help in putting through my Did claim... Did you hear what I said? I heard, Mr. Dollar. Doesn't worry me a bit. filter may be worth a thousand bucks. How's that? Heard over the radio that the people who make Fram filters have a big treasure hunt on. So I checked my oil and air filter. And I'll be doggone if there wasn't a specially marked Fram air filter that might pay me a thousand dollars. No kidding. My service station man said whatever I win, he'll win the same amount. Told me a regular filter check is important to today's cars. So important that Fram Corporation is paying $60,000 to get car owners to check their filters now. Cash money? Sure. This is Fram's silver anniversary. Last year, 10,000 secretly numbered Fram filters were distributed all over the United States and installed in cars during regular servicing. Every one of them is worth cash, some as much as $1,000. Why, one of you guys may have one in your car and not even know it. Say, what are we waiting for? Let's get those filters checked. Hurry, folks. Get in on the big Fram treasure hunt. You could win up to $1,000 in cash. Check your car filters now. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Frisco Fire Matter. Expense account item five, two bucks for a taxi. In my opinion, Peter H. Barnwell had the warehouse fire set. But opinions don't count in my business. You've got to have proof. And I hadn't yet got together with my informant, Smokey Sullivan. Smokey, once a clever arsonist himself, later a counterfeiter, bootlegger, just about everything in the book. But from the time he helped me with a case a couple of years ago, he'd stayed on the straight and narrow. And of course, I've always paid him well for his help. Before going on to my hotel, I stopped in to see Bill Mullen of the arson squad. Yeah, the papers say you're in town, Johnny. Glad to see you. Yeah, how are you, Bill? But there's no reason for you to be here about that fire. Well, that's so... We've already found out how it started. How, Bill? 
Some old derelict, name of Stumpy Moran. He used to sleep there every night. Had an old iron bed and a little sort of shack on one side of that warehouse. Yeah. So last night, like a lot of the darn fools all over the country every night, he went to bed loaded and lit a cigarette. Result? No more mattress, no more shack, no more warehouse. Well, are you holding him? Also, no more Stumpy Moran. He died in the fire? Yep. And you're sure that's how it started? Johnny, when you've combed through evidence on as many cases like that as I have, there's no mistaking it. But now, Bill, listen. All the way from the source of the blaze to the empty bottle. The carbonized paper from the cigarette. The foil from the cigarette package. The hair from the mattress. A thousand and one little things that the ordinary person wouldn't even think to look for. So listen. Yeah. Be a nice guy and call off the papers, will you? Why? Because they saw you over in Barnwell's office. They've decided it was arson and they're calling us a bunch of bums. The only reason they do it is to make headlines. So call them up and tell them to lay off, will you? Set them straight. Not until I'm sure they aren't right, Bill. Huh? Now, wait a minute. What's that mean? I'll see you later. Item six, another taxi to the hotel Huntington up on Knob Hill. I went straight to my room and sat down to wait for Smokey Sullivan to call. I didn't have to wait long. Smokey? Yeah. Well, I hear they found out how that fire started. Stumpy. Yeah, that's right, Stumpy Moran. He was a friend of mine. Not much brains, Johnny, but a nice old guy. But Johnny. Yeah? He didn't do it. But they found all the evidence. He'd been drinking and smoking in bed. He never touched a drop, Johnny. You sure? He didn't smoke, neither. I know. He was my pal. Where are you, Smokey? You know where the Hungry Angel is? Uh, the cocktail bar over on the... That's right. Take the alley and back. I'm in the phone booth at the end of it. I'll be waiting for you. Okay. Now, listen. Yeah? Do you know who did set that fire? Yeah. The only guy in the whole country who could leave no trace. Wait a minute. And they won't even question him because he's been living straight for so long. Touchy Thompson. Yeah. Lives in a nice house on Aldea Drive, 527. But he ain't there. How do you know? A note on his door says, gone fishing. You're absolutely sure it was he? I'm the only one knew where to look for his sign around that fire, and I found it there. I'll show it to you. Proof, huh? Yes, sir, Johnny. I can prove that warehouse was set by... Oh, no. Smokey. Smokey! Sociable, up-to-date, debonair... What's this, a new word game? No, I'm just mentioning the qualities that people admire in other people. Oh, I see. If you're sociable, up-to-date, and uh, what was that other word, debonair? Yes, debonair. But listen to it this way. Pepsi-Cola these days. It's the up-to-date refreshment. Be sociable. In the alley behind the Hungry Angel, I found a couple of policemen carefully going over every inch of the phone booth where Smokey called me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Conroy heard the shots and came running back here. You get the angle of that bullet, old Conroy? Hey, listen, listen. What about Smokey? City hospital, but he isn't going to live, Dollar. Not a chance. And you have no idea who shot him? No. But you're a smart dick. Why don't you find out for us? All right, now look. And let me tell you something else, too, Dollar. If that warehouse fire had been a torch job, which it wasn't, like you're blabbing it out to all the papers, your dear pal Smokey Sullivan is the only one who could have done it. So his being knocked off is good riddance. Why Smokey? Because we got every other firebug in this town nailed down. That's why. Want to bet? Mr. Dollar, I honestly don't understand it, considering the way one of those bullets nicked his heart. But it looks as though that man Sullivan will live. The point is, Doctor, can I talk to him? Well, you can try, of course. Oh, this way, Mr. Dollar. But he was not able to give anything to the police who just left. And listen, Doctor, do everything you can for him, will you? I'll foot the bill. Oh, very well. Right in here. Okay. You, uh, mind if I talk to him alone? If you like. And, uh, if you can. Thanks. Smokey. Uh, Smokey. Hi, Johnny. Oh, hi. Yeah, the, the, the doc says you're going to be okay. Yeah. Can't get rid of me. boy, Smokey. Uh, I didn't talk to the cops. Just looked at him like I was dead. Thank the few. Hey, Smokey, did you see who put the slugs into you? No, Johnny. But it must have been Touchy. Touchy Thompson. Same as he set that fire. Yeah. All right, now listen. You're in no shape to go over there and show me. But if the arson squad found no trace, and believe me, they know everything to look for. Chemicals. What? Touchy had chemicals, special chemicals. Never left a trace. Everything leaves a trace of some kind. No. He had to use a gas mask. That's what must have knocked out Stumpy Moran. Then Touchy could plant the liquor, the cigarettes. Then I guess the only thing I can do is try to find Touchy Thompson. Johnny. Yeah? If you do... Johnny, be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Act four of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Rambler station wagons lead all but two other makes in sales. Repeat, Rambler station wagons now lead all but two other makes. Car registration figures prove it. Never before has any station wagon scored such a sweeping success in so short a time. Why the nationwide swing to Rambler? Well, listen to this. If you want America's lowest price station wagon, Rambler has it. If you want big six-passenger room, plus America's easiest parking, Rambler has that. Most miles per gallon, Rambler has that, too. Trade-in value, Rambler has the highest of any low-priced car. Yes, Rambler is America's top economy station wagon, but Rambler is also the compact quality car, the only car to offer personalized comfort, including front seats that glide back and forward separately, adjustable headrests, reclining seat backs, finest air conditioning at lowest cost, deep dip rust proofing. Yes, all America is discovering that Rambler station wagons are different, and Americans love that difference. So will you. Drive a Rambler station wagon now, 6 or V8, at Rambler Dealers. And now, act four of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. 
Expense account item 7520, more taxi fares. There was nobody home at Touchy Thompson's place. Only the note on the door Smokey had told me about. Gone fishing. Fishing, huh? He was probably hiding somewhere around the town, waiting for the atmosphere to clear. But how to bring him out in the open? Then I suddenly remembered an old friend of mine, Maury Webster, head man at station KCBS. I'd have made a dollar even for a cab to the Sheraton Palace and the KCBS studios. Johnny, this is a pleasant surprise, although I had heard you're in town. How are you, Maury? Up to my neck. We're in the midst of a big celebration. You know, our 50th anniversary. Oh, Yes, sir, we were the first broadcasting station in the country, and we're kind of proud of it. Well, I should think you would be. Let me add my congratulations. Thank you, Johnny. What brings you here? Maury, when is your next news broadcast? Well, let me see. Well, Don Mosley will hit the air in just about seven minutes. That'll just give me time to knock out a news item for him to read on the air. Oh, what kind? Tell you while I'm scribbling it, if you don't mind. Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Maury... I have a sneaking suspicion it'll flush out an arsonist. Oh? Yeah. And killer. As briefly as possible, I told Maury Webster my plan, the wireless. I handed him the news item I'd cooked up. He penciled in a couple of minor changes. Then gave it to his top man on the news bureau, Don Mosley. A few minutes later, there in his office, we listened to it being broadcast over the powerful facilities of KCBS. On the local scene, Weller took insurance investigator Johnny Dollar to clear up the matter of the Barnwell Warehouse fire. Here it comes. Yeah. Dollar has proved conclusively that it was set by an old hand at that business named Smokey Sullivan. His reason? To kill another man by the name of Moran, whose body was later found buried in the embers. Incidentally, Sullivan himself has just died as a result of bullet wounds, no doubt inflicted by some friend of Moran's, who sought to avenge his murder. Well. As for the holdup that occurred early this morning on the Embarcadero... Well, I hope it does the trick, Johnny. What are you going to do now? Maury, there's going to be a stakeout at the home of one John R. Thompson, formerly known as Touchy Thompson, out on Aldea Drive. Oh, then you're turning this whole thing over to the police. That stakeout will be me. But if Thompson did set that fire and kill Moran... I still it? have to prove it. Well, don't you think it's a little dangerous, Johnny? Could be. Well, in just a minute... Thanks, Maury. Thanks a lot. So I went out to Aldea Drive again. And I parked myself rather uncomfortably behind a hedge across the street from Thompson's place. Finally, it must have been around 10 p.m., an expensive car pulled up and a man loaded with fishing gear went into the house. I waited a couple of minutes, and then I went over, knocked on the door, walked in, introduced myself, and laid a few cards right on the table. Are you crazy, Dollar? Didn't even know about that fire until you told me just now. Why lie about it, Touchy? Look, I've been fishing. Yeah, for what? An alibi? Oh, give me that, the trout. Look, look, look here. Here they are. Yeah, trout. Ever see a nicer mess of them? Pick them up at any market. Not me. All right, who was with you? I was alone. I was over there camping beside the lake all the time. My sleeping bag's still out in the car. What lake? Mono Lake. It's a little over 200 miles east of here. Yeah, I know it well. Uh, well, that's why I caught them. I know it well enough to know that because of the high mineral content of that water, no trout could ever survive in it. What? Oh, oh look, wait a minute. It's wait. no good, Touchy, and with the proof I have that only you could have set that fire with some of your fancy chemicals. What do you know about that? No, uh, you got you got no proof. Look. Perhaps he has, Touchy. Well, I'm glad to see you two know each other. Very smart, weren't you, Touchy? 
What do you mean? I mean the way you fell for that phony news broadcast and came back here. Phony? And dollars. Thanks for setting the stage for me. Yeah? What does that mean? You came here because you suspected Touchy. You had a big argument. You both pulled your guns and uh, killed each other. No, no. Wait a minute. Wait, That's wait. the only conclusion the police can possibly reach when they find your buddies lying Look, there. Look. Nope. Don't make a single move, Dollar. Neither of you will do anything because five seconds from now you'll both be dead. Where you wrong. What? Pull that trigger, Barnwell, and it's the last thing you'll ever do. Bill. Climb in this window, boys, and take care of you. Uh, there isn't any need for violence, officer. That's right, Barnwell, there isn't. All right, all right. Well, Johnny, now just what under the sun ever led you to come out here, Bill? Your old friend Smokey Sullivan called me to the hospital. He was a little worried about you. You mind? Mind? You've got to be kidding. Yeah, they were both in it up to their ears. Each and trying to defend himself just put the other in there much deeper. And by the time the courts get through with them, they'll be sorry they ever lived. Expense account total, including the trip back to Hartford and a good hefty gratuity for Smokey Sullivan, plus all his hospital bills, $923.91. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Star will return in just a moment. <laughs> I'm a mean widow, kid. And are you pleased with yourself? Sure, because I'm a germ, a bathroom germ. Bathrooms is where the meanest germs get to live. <laughs> Do I have fun causing odor and spreading disease? Well, you better watch out, son, or your landlady may find out about Lysol brand disinfectant. Lysol? No, Lysol. That's what I said. Lysol. Well, anyway, a lot of women are finding that a dash of Lysol in their cleaning suds every week wipes out nasty bathroom disease germs like you. Disinfects from one cleaning to the next as no other product can. Wipes out many deadly viruses, too. Lysol makes every cleaner work better. It's the easy, modern way to get bathrooms really clean and free of odors. Lysol can do that? Mm, and what's more, now besides regular Lysol, there's a new sweet-smelling pine-scented Lysol. And they're both out to get you. Hey, was you ever a mean little kid? One more remark like that and I'll open this bottle of Lysol. Help! Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a quiet little ranch in Oklahoma. Quiet, that is, until the shooting starts. Join us, won't you? Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Larry Dobkin, Alan Reed, Gil Stratton Jr., Paul Duboff, Bartlett Robinson, Don Mosley, and Tony Barrett. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network. It's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hi there, Johnny. This here is Sidewinder Wilson. Oh, well, what can I... 
Who did you say? Giant Winder Wilson. You know, out here in Bumswang, Oklahoma. Oh, wait a minute. You mean that old friend of Durango Laramie Delhart? Uh, I sure do. Unless you've forgotten it, I'm the man that helped you find Durango that time he disappeared. Sure, of course you did, Sidewinder. If it hadn't been for you, he'd never have found the old coat. Yes, sir. Well, what's on your mind? Well, if you should just happen to mosey out here to Bumswang... Well, Johnny, I think I could show you something that'd make your eyes pop out all over your head. Uh, Sidewinder, is this, uh, is this an insurance matter? Now, you don't think I'd be calling on you if it wasn't, do you? What's it all about? Well, I'll tell you when you get here. Well, now, Sidewinder, I'll be I... waiting for you at Durango's ranch so long, Johnny. Well, now, wait a minute, I... Sidewinder! Hmm... In the intriguing adventures of a man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. With your permission, we'd like to talk shop for just a moment. CBS Radio Shop. Recently, one of the foremost publications in the broadcasting field pulled 465 critics and editors. The question, which radio network programs do you rate tops? When the answers from these 465 experts were tabulated, the final ratings were, to put it mildly, overwhelmingly one-sided. Total honors accorded CBS radio programs exceeded those of all the other networks combined. Let's put it another way. The final verdict of hundreds of critics, reviewers, and editors was that CBS radio had more top shows than all other networks put together. CBS radio was pleased, naturally, at the result of the poll, but not surprised. Great programming is no accident. It's long been a policy of this network to devote every effort to maintaining highest broadcast standards, to making sure CBS radio listeners hear the best entertainment, the most authoritative information. Whatever listening fare is for you, you can be sure you're hearing the best when you're tuned to CBS radio. And now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England, North American office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Fairweather Friend matter. All of Durango's insurance was handled by Floyd's of England, so that would have to be the company that Sidewinder was talking about. Expense account item one, $1.20 for a taxi to Floyd's headquarters in Hartford in the office of George Reed. Well, this is a switch, Johnny. You're coming here. George, I just got a call from that town out in Oklahoma with the unlikely name of Bum Spung. The old Indian name, I understand. It means uh, bad spring, bad water. Yeah, it was from a friend of Durango Laramie Dalhart's, an old character by the name of Sidewinder Wilson. You know, of course, that Durango was here a few days ago. Here in Hartford, and he didn't drop in to see me? He dropped in to pay the $4,500 premium on that insurance he carries for the benefit of his niece, Carol Dalhart. He must think an awful lot of that girl. Yeah? Well, who wouldn't? What? George, that Carol's a living doll. If I were ever to think seriously of getting married, well, believe me. Well, what's the hitch? Does old Durango object? Object? Far from it. Hey, tell me, 
Did he pay off that premium in the usual brand-new $100 bill? Yes, and as usual, he peeled them off a roll that was big enough to choke a horse. <laughs> Johnny, why that man carries so much cash around with him... Now, uh, what did this fellow Wilson call you about? Sidewinder wouldn't tell me. Well, now, wait. There was a robbery-murder case out there a while back in the little town of Fairweather. Oh? That's a few miles north of Enid, Oklahoma. What happened? Well, it was the messenger carrying some negotiable securities to the small bank there in Fairweather. Ah. You get stuck for insurance on both the man and the securities? Only on the messenger. The securities were returned. By whom? Well, neither the bank nor the police out there ever found out. Funny. Do you suppose that's what Sidewinder called me about? Well, there's only one way to find out, Johnny. Which is to say that Floyds of England will pay my expenses. Oh, well, now, within reason, of course. Huh? Well, why kid about it, Johnny? That freewheeling expense account oh, of yours. Oh, George, you sound as though you don't trust me. Well, of course I do. Oh? Well, you shouldn't. Huh? George, I'll be in touch. <laughs> expense account item 2, 97.30, transportation. The plane dropped me off at Enid, Oklahoma, shortly after 6 p.m. Item three, $2 even for some food. Item four, a 50-buck deposit on a drive-your-own-car. I drove north on Highway 81, then, after some 27 miles and after crossing the Salt Fork of the Arkansas, which, much to my surprise, had a trickle of water in it, I turned left on the rough dirt road leading to Bump's Bump. Finally, there it was. The same two or three acres of poor, barren, sandy soil. The ramshackle house and the remains of a barn, leaning tiredly on the timbers that helped to prop it up. And out in front were the same two sad-looking cows, the old and weather-beaten horse, a friendly, mangy, toothless hound who shook himself as he got up out of the dust and proceeded to assert his authority. And I still couldn't figure why Durango, who was worth millions in oil royalties, had ever chosen to settle down in this lonely, desolate spot. And yet... Thanks to Carol, his attractive niece, the inside of that huge unpainted house was clean, modern, well-furnished. I wondered if Carol would show up, but I saw no sign of the sleek convertible she always drove. Swinging open the sagging wire gate, I wondered if the ancient Maxwell, parked at one side, belonged to Sidewinder Wilson. I didn't have to wonder for long. Hey! Hey, you crazy old coach! Sidewinder! What the Sam Hill's the matter with you? Well, welcome to Bumsprung, Johnny. Oh, listen, you wild old character. Put that thing down or I'll start throwing some lead around myself. Well, that big old 38 lemon squeezer of yours? Why, you... <laughs> no, sir, Johnny. You wouldn't stand a chance. Well, now, what's the big idea? Well, I just wanted to show you that when Durango leaves me in charge of his ranch, he leaves it in good hands. And also, I wanted you to feel real welcome around here. Yeah. <laughs> now, how are you, Johnny boy? Well, still in one piece, no thanks to you. <laughs> the crazy way you and Durango have of making somebody feel welcome around here. <laughs> Where is he, by the way? Well, first he went to Hartford to pay up on his insurance. Then he flew uh, down to Washington. Oh, what for? Well, to pay up on his income taxes. He uh, wanted to make sure he got him in the right hands. Well, now, he didn't have to go to Washington for that. Well, he figures it makes it easier that way. He just carries along a big bundle of money and lets them take whatever they think <laughs> is right. Oh, no. Now, listen, Sidewinder. Eh? Did you call me in connection with that bank messenger who was killed down in Fairweather? That's right, Judge. I understand the securities he carried were returned to the bank. Yes, sir. They were sealed up in a big envelope and laid on the front doorstep of that bank. 
And what I figure, Johnny? You figure that if I can find out who sent them back to securities, I'll have a lead on the killer. That's right. And, Johnny, I know who sent them back. You do? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Well, who, Sidewinder? Me, Johnny. What? Yes, sir. Me. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Are you going to write that letter today or put it off until tomorrow? Or maybe the day after? How about that spring suit you plan to have altered? Will you take it to the tailor tomorrow morning bright and early, or will the week somehow glide by while the suit just hangs on in your closet? If you're a confessed procrastinator, you're not unique. The putting-off habit can be mild or chronic, but some matters, serious matters, are highly dangerous to assign to manana. One of the most important of these is getting protection from crippling, killing polio. When life-saving sock vaccine was first introduced in 1955, it was hailed as a major medical discovery. Yet at the beginning of this current year, some 98 million Americans, the majority of our population, had not received even one inoculation. Why had all these people failed to take the simple measures necessary to gain protection from polio? If you were among them, this year, don't take a chance. Don't put off those polio shots any longer. Get in touch with your family doctor or local health department right away. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Fairweather Friend Matter. Come on in the house, Johnny, and I'll tell you about it. Uh, just let me get this straight, Sidewinder. Uh -huh. The bank messenger down there in Fairweather was held up and murdered. Yeah? The securities he carried were stolen by the killer. Then they were returned to the bank. That's right. And I'm the one who returned them. Sidewinder, you... Now, look. Don't tell me that you're the one. Me? You think that I'm the one to kill that messenger? I didn't say that. But that's what you were thinking, ain't it? Well, you said yourself that whoever returned the securities... I security... said whoever left them back at the bank... Yeah. Just you stand real still, Johnny. Oh, come on now. Put that thing down, Sidewinder. Don't you move, none. Look, will you listen to me? And maybe you even better stop talking or that Sidewinder rattlesnake coming toward you might take it into his huh? head to... Easy now. Oh, yes. I can hear him. Easy now, whilst I get a bead on him with this study. A bead. Right in one eye, not to the... <sighs> And I'll just cut off his rattles and add them to my collection. Oh, brother, thanks. No wonder they called you Sidewinder. Yeah. That's the 427th rattles I've taken off these uh, formants. I just don't like them, Johnny. They ain't like Diamondback. These Sidewinders around here will sneak up on a man. Just like that dirty sneak that killed the bank messenger. And you know why he done it, Johnny? You still haven't told me who he is. It was to collect that insurance on him, that's who. Oh? Yes, sir. The man that killed him was his hair. What you call his beneficiary. How do you know, Sidewinder? Because I live down the Fairweather. That is, when I ain't up here looking after Durango's place. Yeah? And that's how come I knowed that Claude Needles, that was a messenger, left his insurance to that no-count nephew of his and that Barney Gifford. Uh, sit down. Barney Gifford, huh? Yeah. So what I done was talk it over with Durango and Carol Dalhart. Where is Carol, Sidewinder? 
<laughs> I've been waiting for you to ask that, Johnny. Oh, she'll be around. Good. You're kind of sweet on her, ain't you? Wow. Nah, don't you try to fool me, Johnny boy. And you know how she feels about you, too. And if and you don't think Durango knows, well, I'll tell you this. You say you talked it over with her. I'll tell you this, Johnny. Durango finds that you've been out here and went back to Hartford without hitching up with Carol. Sidewinder, would well, you? Well, I'll tell you this. He's liable to shotgun you into it if he catches you around here. Oh. And don't you try to tell me you wouldn't like being married to her, too. Sidewinder. Okay, okay. So anyhow, me and Durango and Carol. Carol. I'm glad to see you. Oh, then don't you stand there. Give me a kiss. Oh, oh you think I need an great invitation? Come here. Oh, hi, hi. Oh, don't stop, Johnny. It's been a long time. <laughs> if Durango could see this. Oh, drop that side. Oh, yes, yeah, sure, he'd have that shotgun out so fast. Oh, it's been an awful long time, John. Oh, too long. I thought you were never coming back here. I'm here. Uh-huh. So let's make up for lost time. Oh, why not? Oh, oh come on now. Come on, you kid. Oh, it's good to see you. Johnny, don't you want to hear the rest of what I was... Yeah. Now, 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 look at here. If you don't cut loose from each other there, you know what I'll do. I'll walk right out of here, and I'll go back to with it. And, and, and I'll send a telegram to old Durango, and I'll tell him you two are making out like this all alone inside his house. And if that don't bring him out here to get you two married... Oh, I'll... why don't you mind your own business? Well, I tell you... You old goat. Why don't you go somewhere and get lost? But it's... That... That does it. I'm, I'm, I'm going right down to Fairweather and send him a telegram. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just settle down there, Sidewinder. I'll settle down, Johnny, with you any time... Any place. Oh, Carol, you're the only girl I know who makes me wish sometimes I was the marrying kind. But now listen. I'll bet I can make you the marrying kind, Johnny. You like to give me a chance, huh? Well, that settles it. I'm leaving right now. No, you aren't, Sidewinder. Oh, let him go. Let's just be sensible for a minute, will I you? was trying to, Johnny. I mean about this murder case. And when we finish talking about it? We'll see. Well, then let me tell you about it. It won't take me so long. And Sidewinder, you stop making those silly eyes or I'll let you have one right between them. Well, I still think I ought to leave. So do I. But as long as you're already... Well, well, listen, Johnny. I'm listening. When Mr. Needles was killed, Sidewinder wanted them to make him a cop down there in Fairweather. Or even just a deputy, so as I could go out and hunt for that killer. Claude Needles was a friend of mine. But the police said no, they didn't need him, didn't want him. So that made me sure. So we talked it over about who could ever do a thing like that. And that's when I remembered Barney Gifford would get the money from Claude's insurance. So I told Sidewinder I'd have a date with Barney, and that would give him a chance to go through Barney's house and look for the security. Uh, and I found him, Johnny, under a loose board in the floor. Yes. So when he come home, I lassoed him, and I tied him up, and I took him and locked him up in the tool shed on my place. You didn't turn him over to the police? Oh, the chief in that little old hick town told Sidewinder that if he interfered in the case, he'd lock him up. That's what he well, said. Well, look, nevertheless, that's I... when Durango, just before he left to go to Hartford, always has to be there right on time, you know, with that insurance payment. Yeah, I know. Well, that's when Durango said to call you up on the phone. Yeah. Sidewinder. Huh? I thought that was your idea. No, Durango's. And also for getting Johnny out here to see you again. What? 
Why, sure. <laughs> well, who does Durango think he is trying to run my life that way? What kind of a trick is that to pull on? Just you wait until he gets back here. Is that my cue to leave these parts, Carol? Well, it certainly... Oh, no, of course not, Johnny, but... Well... All right, now. Sidewinder, where is this Barney Gifford? Locked up in my tool shed. Well, who's looking after him? Oh, Pete Whaley, I told him not to let on to the police. You sure he can handle a man like Gifford? Oh, yes, Sidewinder. Oh, I don't see why Hey, not. look, maybe we'd better drive on down there. Well, sure, sure, but we'd we'll answer that phone. Probably Durango's saying to hold on to you, Johnny. That's, he's probably on his way. If that's Durango, you tell him I've left. Now, you don't mean that, huh? Johnny. Mm. I bet Durango really would make you marry me. Oh, would that be so bad? Hmm. Johnny. Johnny. Carol. Oh, why don't you stay on that? I'd wonder what's the matter. Listen, that, that was old Pete. Yeah? Barney got loose. Like to kill old Pete. Oh, no. And now Barney's coming here coming for me to kill me. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. drop in, let your hospitality show you're sociable in the modern manner. Pepsi, you know, is the favorite of the smart and young at heart. tried a Pepsi lately. And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Okay, then. If Barney Gifford's coming here, we'll be ready for him. We'll... Sidewinder, you aren't afraid of him, are you? He's a bad one, Johnny. But if Sidewinder was able to subdue him before... Well, I, I caught him off guard, Johnny. He didn't have no gun then, but he has now. He took old Pete. And Barney's a deadly shot. It's the only good thing you can say about it. And don't you see? It's dark outside now. If we stay around here inside the house, we'll be like a flock of sitting ducks. Yeah, but I don't think we'll stay inside. You mean we'll just run away from him? No, no. How long ago did he get away from Pete? Well, Pete says it was more than an hour ago. Then we haven't any time to waste. What are you going to do, Johnny? I know what you're going to do, Carol. Yeah? Get out of here. Go on back to Enid. Tell the police. By the time they can get up here, Sidewinder and I will either have things under control or, well, then they can take over. Why don't you phone the police? Because I'm telling you to go on down there. You're just trying to get me away from here, aren't you? That's right. No, Johnny. I can shoot just as good as you and Sidewinder, and there's plenty of guns in the back room. No, Carol, that doesn't make any difference. You think I'm going to leave you here with a killer after old Sidewinder, and if Barty finds you with him, he'll try to kill you, Carol, too. would you do... I won't go, Johnny. I won't leave you. Okay, okay. We're just wasting time. I haven't seen any car lights out on the road, but that doesn't mean that... That's right, mister. It doesn't mean a thing. Damn. 
front door had been pushed open by the barrel of a high-powered rifle that slowly fanned the three of us. I knew that if I made a move to draw my handgun, if Sidewinder took a step toward his 30-30 on the table, and if Barney was the excellent shot that Carol said he was... All right. Put your hands up and come walking out this door. Listen, Barney, get the... do like I say. Come on, Carol. Sidewinder. Come on. Come on, don't try anything. All right, Barney. Not so brave now that I got the advantage, are you, Sidewinder? All right. If you got to kill somebody, kill me. You leave them alone. Now that they know all about me? No, sir. I'm going to kill all of you like I killed old Pete. Now, stop. You keep your dirty hands off of me, you... Keep them up, Carol. So you're not carrying a gun. I know that Sidewinder never carries it. But you do, don't you, mister? Thanks. And I think I'll use it to kill you. So if you want to put your hands down to pray... Well, Sidewinder? Yes, Johnny? You think maybe this is retribution for that killing you did today? Killing, Johnny? Yeah, when I first got here. You remember. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mister. But I'm not going to waste any time. Barney, Shut up, you... Carol. You're going to go first. All right, now listen, Gifford. And you, mister. And last of all, Sidewind. Huh? What's that? It's a snake. It's a rattler. It's back of you, Sidewind. No. No. It's over next to Barney. Where? Where? I can't see it. Where is it? I'll kill it. Where is it? Right here. Oh. Oh. But that... That snake... Oh, thanks, Sidewinder. I'm sure... I'm sure glad I saved these rattles, Johnny. What? Yeah, so am I. But I never would have remembered them if you hadn't reminded me about killing that snake. You know something? I hated to leave that place. To leave Carol is what I really mean. But there was another phone call. Sidewinder answered it. Yep, it was from Durango, phoning from Enid. Durango was so tickled to learn I was still around that he promised to come out to the ranch as fast as he could. Yes, sir, just as soon as he can pick up the preacher. Sidewinder. Well, much as I love that gal. Well, expense account total, including the trip back to Hartford and mileage on the rental car, $203.50. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. star will return in just a moment. Be careful. You're going to land in a bathtub. Who's driving this flying saucer, you or me? Well, what do you see? Oh, germs. Millions and millions of germs. Sure. Here on Earth, disease germs and viruses live in bathrooms. Wait. Here comes a lady. She's putting a dash of Lysol in with those suds, and she's mopping the floor. Wow. Oh, look at those germs and viruses drop dead. Boy, are you stupid. I thought all Martians knew that Lysol brand disinfectant kills diseased germs and many deadly viruses on contact. Disinfects from one cleaning to the next as nothing else can. That's right. I remember my seven grandmothers saying Lysol makes your favorite cleaner work better, including many that claim to sanitize. 
I'm sorry you learned to speak English by listening to commercials. And Lysol comes in regular or pine fragrance for as little as 29 cents. How much is that Martian money? Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week? Well, getting away from Durango Laramie Dalhart isn't as easy as you might think. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Junius Matthews, G. Stanley Jones, James McCallion, and Bill James. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. Suspense is next over the CBS radio network. W-O-W, Albany, New York. Ten, ten, ten. Yes, ten hours of price-shattering bargains at Henry S. Mantel Furniture, 343 River Street, Troy. This merchandise must be sold at once, at savings to you of up to 87%. Mantel's was unable to extend their Latham store lease, so the stock from the Latham store has been moved to Mantel's main store in Troy. Save on famous brand merchandise, Haywood Wakefield, Crayler, Simmons, Norge, Motorola, and many more. Buy a $339.95 two-piece living room suite for $199.95. Or a $34.95 famous make inner spring mattress for $17.88. Or a modern bedroom set, regularly $259.95, now $139.95. This tremendous sale at Henry S. Mantel Furniture begins Monday, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. And Tuesday, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. The store will be closed during the day to mark down merchandise and arrange stock. Remember, there's nobody down at Henry S. Mantel Furniture, 343 River Street, Troy. <laughs>